everyone, and welcome to the 36th episode of Dragon Quest Slime Time Side Quest. This is one of your hosts, M 3 And this is Yingus, the legendary bandit. This is Pendy. I'm here too. Yep. Uh-huh. And Woodis is here too. Oh, hey Woodis. Hey. You know, we do a better job with openings on Tactfully Die. You guys do. Uh-huh. So, are we doing this, or what? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't anyone write an opening? Nope. Nah. Well, this is awkward. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Uh-huh. Come on, you two. Act like you've done this 35 times before. What the hell? Hey, it was Yangus's job to write the opening. I was on vacation. No, you've been back from vacation for a couple of weeks. I've been busy with bandit things. Bandit things? Yes, now stop asking questions. If I say too much more, Red will have my head on a silver platter. Well, I wasn't going to do it. My wife here is visiting from overseas. And I didn't do it because I'm Woodis and I've been lording over the Dragon's Den and traveling to the far-off land of Indiana. Ooh. Well, you know. Opening fail here, guys, which, I mean, let's just be honest. It's pretty standard around here. Ain't that the truth? All right. Uh, let's stop uh, the underpants dancing around and get to the point today of today's episode. Uh, recently, Platy took a major road trip and stopped by to see both myself and Woodis. And we got to uh, talking about uh, how we should do a little summer vacation episode. Uh, joining us tonight, as you have uh, probably already heard, is our uh, Dragon Quest Slime Time Extended Universe. Or DQ Stew, for short. Do I have to say DQ Stew? Hey, you want your goddamn Yangus and Pal spinoff show? Then yes, you will. It's our DQ Stew co-host and friend, Pendy. Hello! I've been dying to get on this battle road to reminisce about vacations with you all. And we've got good old Woodus joining us tonight. Welcome to SideQuest, Woodus. I think this is your first one, right? Glad I could be here. Yeah, it only took 36 episodes to lose my SideQuest <laughs> virginity. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Wah, wah. All right. Well, welcome so, yeah, to SideQuest, Woodus. <laughs> um, yeah, since it's summertime, we're going to talk uh, summer vacations. And, yeah, I'll start off with uh, my big one I took in a little bit. Um which kind of got the idea going, meeting Woodis um, and Yangus near their hometowns was uh, pretty cool. But Woodis, we'll start with you. Um, memorable vacation you've taken. This is kind of a uh, same place. I've been there two different times. Uh, I got to go to uh, the island of Maui in Hawaii with my wife a couple times for a work trip with her. So I got to be the plus one. It was great. I, I got to go putz around on the island while she was uh, in meetings and stuff. Um, some of the interesting things that I saw is uh, we were at a resort that was right next to the Wailea Golf Course, which I knew I recognized the name, but I couldn't think from what. But uh, that was in a golf game I had for the Super Nintendo way back when I was a kid, and I remember playing that golf course. So to actually visit it was pretty cool. I uh, had a little uh, hard time getting myself to drop the 200 bucks for green fees, so I just kind of walked around <laughs> and looked at the looked at the place, but it was a very nice golf course. It um, looked better than in a 16-bit? Oh yeah, much, much better. And the weather there is awesome in Maui when we went. We went in the spring, which was March time, and it's like 85 degrees all day long, all night long. It's just beautiful there all the time. 
and uh, talking about March, one of the, the first trip we went, we got to go on a whale watching tour, which I guess the whales are big around Hawaii that time. So we were out on a boat, catamaran kind of boat, uh, and we saw some of the whales up close. And I've got some pictures I'll add to the YouTube version of the golf course and this kind of stuff so others can see it. But that was neat to see. I'd never been up that close to whales. I mean, they weren't right next to the boat, like cat sizing us or anything like that, but they were uh, neat to see. Another fun thing that I did was we were pretty much at sea level at the resort, which is at the southern end of the island. And I took a drive up the volcano and I don't think I can say it's Halikaka, I think is what it's called. It's a national park. But it was about a two, three hour drive up the volcano. And it was interesting going up as you climb, you go from almost jungle type to pine trees to very sparse vegetation until you get to the top. And there's hardly any vegetation at all. And uh, me being an idiot only brought a light jacket with me. And at sea level, it was 85 degrees. At the top of that mountain, it was like 20 degrees. Oh, so I'm out there in shorts and a light jacket and <laughs> running around trying to take a few pictures before I got back in my car and drove back down. But it was a uh, it was cool to go up there and see it. I feel like any of, if any of the locals saw you while you were running around in your shorts and t-shirt up there, they're just like, oh, like ah, tourist. <laughs> oh, I, well, there were a couple other people up there the same way, so I wasn't the only idiot up there. But uh, I think the peak was like ten thousand thirty-five feet. So yeah, that's. I remember you know, we were in Sequoia this summer and we climbed about 5,000 just in an hour and it, yeah, that was, that was a big change. Yeah. And the, uh, so double that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't, I know they say when you get to high altitude, how much it affects your oxygen intake and breath, but I think it was like 30 steps to the observation deck and I ran up those steps and I felt lightheaded just those few steps once I got up there. Dang. So I'll take, oh, I've got pictures of that too. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we also got to do a, a uh, it was an authentic luau where they roast the pig like in a pit mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they did the fire dance up on stage and stuff like that and while we were watching I was taking pictures and one of the gals comes down and grabs me and makes me go up on stage to dance which uh, I can't dance to save my life <laughs> so my wife's like ha ah, you get you have to go up on stage five seconds later the guy behind her is like nope nope you're going too so she got drug up yeah. there too. <laughs> which means we didn't get any good pictures of each other while we were up there <laughs> of course but it was still That's, a good yeah. time I got my picture taken with the dancer I was with when we were done and it was a good time Nice. Um, Sounds pretty cool. Another stop we did is there's a, a plantation near the mid portion of the island, which, I mean, they grew everything from bananas to coconuts to coffee. I brought some coffee back from Maui. It was, I'm not normally a coffee drinker, but that was good coffee. Uh, took a little tour around, a lot, a lot of local vegetation. They showed us how they opened coconuts, gave us coconut milk fresh out of the coconut. That was a... Uh, Never had coconut milk before. I know you cook with it a lot, don't you, Matt? I do. I was just uh, cooking with it the other day, making a dish from the Dominican. Um, I like. I can't. I, I, I don't like the flavor of coconut. But I tell you what, cooking with coconut milk in you know putting something then on like rice or actually for the first time I made it as like part of the liquid with the rice. Holy shit! It just adds a creaminess that it's it's great. I saw those pictures. That looked really good. What was that called again? 
Oh, so my boss last week, I'm sitting in her office and she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You like food. And this is like the number one thing she knows about me is like, I heck, I've even got a deal for tomorrow. I'm going to be working on a document with her because there's all this training going on at school and she's buying all these lunches and I'm working camp. So I messaged her. I'm like, so you're going to have leftover food for me, right? She's like, I already sent you a document. You get working on that. Yes, you can eat all the leftovers for the next few days. It's like, yes. Um. But she said something like offhand, like, of course, you know what pigeon pea rice is. I was like, so what? She's like, pigeon pea rice. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. So she starts talking about it. And then she's like, oh, yeah, and I made it for everybody here in the office. And she yells over to somebody, did you try my pigeon pea rice? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we did. So I look it up. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of um, Dominican, Puerto Rican. And it's just a lot of little spice packets from the Goya brand. And you mix it in with coconut milk. And um, she, she mentioned you should cook bacon in it so it all cooks in the bacon fat and man i did like three pounds of chicken browned it all up did all the rice and then put the chicken back on top of the rice and let it all soak together and after i told her what i did and made it she's like oh man you could have put in celery to add a little crunch to it and lots more peppers and i was like oh i did see that like this is very customizable and my wife was so excited she went back for seconds which is something she really does she kind of grazes all day so it doesn't have like big meals like unlike me i'm like oh let me have that second gigantic bowl of food <laughs> but yeah, she went back it was a very creamy it almost tasted before i put the rice in when i was like tasting all the chicken broth and coconut stuff i was like oh damn this is gonna come out like an indian curry but no it totally had like you close your eyes and eat it and be like yeah that's something hispanic okay was it kind of like a tiki masala you know what a little bit but it was take that and just have the rice cook in it so the nice. rice like soaked it all up so i mean i mean kind of like take a tikka masala poured over the rice i mean it was kind of the same thing you had less liquid at the end but it, it was really good and i don't understand the point of the pigeon peas there was just a lot of peas in there that by the time it had all boiled together and cooked together it just tasted just like the rice i mean it was just one flavor but it was damn good nice so back to Hawaii now that we yeah back to Hawaii yeah <laughs> I, I'm talking about the Caribbean islands let's get back to the Pacific Islands there. <laughs> uh, on the western portion of the island, there's a kind of little touristy town called Lahaina, which has a lot of shopping and uh, restaurants and stuff. And it seems like you can always find a Bubba Gump everywhere. And there was a Bubba Gump there. <laughs> so you and that, that's the best part about being on the islands, or even when I came down and visited florida and saw you down there is the the seafood i mean i love the seafood mm -hmm. the fish is just phenomenal down there and i could live there just for the fish fish tacos fish anything and then do you see a lot of spam when you were there the second trip i made a point to look for it i looked up uh spam masubi and got yeah. it got it at a couple of places i really like that nice. and oddly enough there's a little place just around the corner from my house called Alohana, and they have Spamasubi on it, so I've been picking it up there every now and then, too, if I'm saying oh, that nice. correctly. They have nice. a Simon, too, which is basically ramen, but I didn't actually try that in Maui, but I've had it here at the local place. And then the last big stop on uh, our trip down there is there's a, on the southern tip of the western part of the island, there's a huge aquatic center and it just the amount of fish and stingrays and everything you can see in that aquatic center was just amazing um i don't think i've ever seen it's been a long time since i've been to sea world in florida so i don't i mean i was little when i saw that so it was impressive to see this kind of an aquatic center again we don't get anything like that in the middle of iowa <laughs> or the good no, fish no dolphin. either no dolphins swimming around in iowa in the the corn <laughs> 
No, no, not much. I'll have to talk later about the uh, blue whales in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Heard about that. You know, it's funny. You were talking about that golf course. It reminded me of when I lived in Monterey, California, and my parents came to visit me. And uh, my dad wanted to play Pebble Beach, which which was, you know, kind of had that that beauty to it. It's right on the ocean, had the same kind of... uh, green fees that you're talking about, the astronomical green fees. So he played around and me and my mom stayed back. We were in this um, cafe that kind of overlooked the 18th hole, the last hole of the golf course, and we're waiting for him to come in. And it's we had such this eclectic mix of people on the 18th hole. It was hilarious. So we had these people coming in that were finishing the golf, the golf rounds, but we had these these guys that were coming in with their trophy wives that weren't even golfing. They were just riding in the cart. And some of them had like a, the little purse dogs. They had a little dog in the oh, purse yeah. with them. Oh. <laughs> so you had the, those people coming in. And then there was like a wedding going on right next to the 18th hole. So you had all these people in formal dress in wedding clothes all milling around before that started. And then this like busload of Asian tourists happened to come at the same time. And they all have cameras taking a million pictures everywhere. So you've got just before the wedding kind of cut everything off, you've got like wedding guests and like very formal wear. You've got Asians with cameras everywhere. You've got these these rich trophy wives with the little purse dogs. It was hilarious. It was just all everybody together. <laughs> so, so it was Caddyshack. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's like a sketch out of Caddyshack. Yeah. <laughs> and you were at the 19th hole then, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Oh, that's good. That's uh, that's kind of a quick synopsis of my trips to Maui. And that was in 2011 and 2020. Um, in 2020, the thing that was memorable in a bad way was we almost didn't get to come home. I was going to say that. When- March of 2020, yeah, that's a... That's when COVID was hitting so bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. They were starting to bump flights coming back. And there was a group of us coming back Wednesday, which was actually St. Patrick's Day, and then a group leaving on Friday. And we got out on Wednesday, and there were a few that didn't get out Friday and got held back. But, you know, we pretty much got back to the States, and we came through Denver, and the airport was deserted. We get back, driving back from the airport, and there's nobody on the roads. It was just really weird because everything there was still normal. Mm -hmm. It hadn't gotten to Hawaii yet, but that was just the weirdest thing coming back. It was like a, you know, ghost town coming back. Yeah, and that was like uh, my wife's from South Korea, and they were not allowed, unless you had business or family over here in the States, they were not allowed to travel to the States just for leisure travel. And Hawaii and Guam were the first places that were opened back up for them to travel before the mainland opened uh, up back for them. And that's uh, how me and my wife got married in Hawaii is because that was one of the few places we could meet each other. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Hawaii Which was island the center of the Venn diagram. Yeah. Yep. Which I was that? Where Hawaii and stuff would open things, would open up back before, like, like mainland and stuff, because, you know, they're a little more isolated, so it'd be easier for them to... Um, keep the numbers in check, you know, yep, or, yeah. well, you know, or not check, but keep them low. You know what I mean? You yeah. know what I mean? You know? Yeah. And they did like a bunch of strict uh, health measures to try and get that back even sooner. So that's helped as well. But uh, Wudis, you're asking which island. It was just, uh, we did it in Honolulu. There's actually a military resort that we were able to stay there, which is great because it's like a, basically staying at like a five-star resort for like three-star prices because of the, the military discount and all that. So it's great. That's Awesome. I'd love yep. to go back and visit the other islands. It's just that when she got to go on those two trips, that's where it was both times. It was at the same resort. I mean, I wasn't going to complain, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'd that's yeah, Harbor. Nice too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'd like to 
go to Hawaii at some point in my life. My parents actually did their um, their um, their honeymoon there after they got married. I don't remember what island it was that they stayed on, though. But uh, from pictures that I've seen, you know, they did like they went out riding on the boats. They, you know, went up to I think see one of the volcanoes, did a lot of walking around on the beach, you know, stuff like that. It was one of the few it's one of the few pictures, just a little funny side story here, where it's one of the few pictures that I've seen of my dad where he did not have his facial hair. <laughs> that was a little weird looking back at that now. <laughs> nice. But yeah, yeah Woodis, that's you were saying the place that, that I wanted to go to. Yeah, so Woodis, you were saying that uh, Pearl Harbor would be nice. Yeah, I did. I did that when we were there, and it was uh, it's pretty cool. They have like a museum for uh, an airfield with a bunch of planes. They have like a Navy museum, and then the Pearl Harbor itself, where a couple of uh, Navy sailors will take you over to the the museum and where a sunken ship is, and it's a uh, it's a, a very humbling experience. It's worth oh. it if you go to that that part of the island. But yeah, I've heard about going to Maui, and that's like super super nice going over there. Like, yeah, from the way they kind of described it, Maui's kind of the laid back island, mm-hmm. and I think Honolulu's more the like the business island or the I don't know what the correct term would be. It's the more populated populated island. It's not as like rural. No, yeah, it's like a big city and yeah, and everything that goes along with it and stuff like that. But it's still fun. It, Waikiki oh, yeah. Beach is is still a lot of fun to do and all that. I didn't try any surfing. I can't swim to <laughs> save my life half barely, so I wasn't gonna <laughs> risk that. <laughs> all right, well, we'll we'll keep going on our westward travels here. Uh, Pendy, you went farther west than Woodis did to uh, the Winter Olympics, right? I did. Um, and it all was because I happened to be in South Korea at the time. It was just by luck and happenstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of happened through what I call a series of fortunate events as opposed to unfortunate <laughs> events. But basically, uh, I was uh, I was in Korea. I was supposed to be there for just one year. because That's what the typical tour is for the uh, Air Force that gets stationed there. But uh uh, when I first started there, I was in the dormitories that the Air Force has. Uh, I had a, a room to myself, and I had to share a bathroom with another guy. But honestly, I didn't even really need to share the bathroom with the other guy because the other guy that I was sharing the bathroom with, he did what we call ghosting, where he wasn't even living in the room. He brought his family in at the last minute on his own dime, and so he was out at another apartment living somewhere else. So I just had it to myself, so it wasn't too bad. But they uh, ended up renovating the dorms and kicking everybody out and said, hey, you got to move off base. I was like, oh, okay, sure. That sounds amazing. I'll do that. So I got to uh, get with a a Korean realtor that dealt with all the apartment complexes near the base, and I got to move into an apartment near the base, and I got uh, special permission to get a car because only people of certain rank and with families can have a car over there because there's so much limited parking and it's a small area and all that. Um, so once I had a, a car and was living by by myself in an apartment and you get a little more money for living off base, um, I was like, you know what, this is great, you know, and I can go to Japan and see all this Dragon Quest stuff. So I'll extend. So I ended up extending for an extra two years, um, which they even give you bonus pay to do because um, some people don't, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to get people to want to be there because everyone can be scared of, you know, North, North Korea being right there. But I I had no problem with it. I was like, yeah, whatever. Whatever happens, happens. So I did the extra two years. And because of that, I happened to be in South Korea when the Winter Olympics came to town, which was great. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm, I, I got a car. I can drive there. I definitely want to, you know, I take advantage of this opportunity. So I looked into how to, you know, get some place to stay there, how to get tickets. 
Well, fortunately, the Korean government had this easy-to-use website on how to order the tickets, and they even had an English version of it. So I just went to the English version of the site. I picked what kind of sports I wanted to see. Um, some of the things were like astronomically priced, like trying to go to like the opening ceremony or something like that. But I was like, uh, that's okay. I don't need to see that. So I ended up seeing like four different events. So the first one was just I saw women's the qualifying round for like women's ski jump where they have a big mound where they go and they jump off it and they do a bunch of tricks in the air and stuff like that. Uh, that was cool. I went to uh, I went to two hockey games. No, I went to three hockey games. I think I went to three hockey games. First one I went I saw two men's hockey games. Both were USA. One was against. USA versus Slovenia and USA versus Slovakia. The Slows <laughs> got to watch them beat up on the Slows, so that was fun. And then I got to see uh, a women's hockey game where it was USA versus Canada, which that was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we lost that game, but it was still so much fun to have the U.S. The, the people from the USA and the people from Canada yelling at each other and having a good time. It was great. Um, in, in terms of where I stayed, I found like a B and B uh, where this guy like took his uh, house and he basically kind of had two sections, one for women, one for men, and he like carved into the walls like all these bunk beds and stuff like that. So there's a whole bunch of people, but it was really nice. They had free public transportation everywhere and all these bus stops, so it was easy to get around. Uh, I drove my car to get to the mountain where the those sports were at. But all the stuff that was in the city, the nearby city, I just took the bus to get around everywhere. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, and then the like the last uh, event that I saw, which was the one of the best events, was I got to see the uh, the gold medal round for the half pipe for snowboarding. And awesome. this was this was huge. And this was the year that Sean White was in it, and he was in peak form. And it came down to the last it, to, to who who's going to win it came down to Sean White. He had one more, because they get like three runs at the at the finals, at the final uh, go-rounds. And it came down to his last run on the half pipe. And it was up to him to either win it or lose it on the last run of the last person. And he put through this amazing run and he got it and he won the gold medal at the very last minute. It was so good, it was so great. And we got to see him like talk, you know, he came down talk to the audience, talk to the reporters. Uh, I was, it was so cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. We were there with a, a lot of very enthusiastic Americans just cheering their ha heart out. Like, I remember just watching him in his final run down the half pipe and just like my heart just stopped and everyone was just like, oh, what's going to happen? Is he going to do it? But it was, it was one of the best um, events I've ever seen in sports, just having, getting to watch that, him win the gold for the USA. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so going and then so going back, driving back to uh, where I lived, which is only a couple hours away, I was I was uh, afraid to death of actually trying to get gas from my car. <laughs> so the background on that. So we have on the base we have like the military uh, grocery store and a military mall, military post office, so you can ship stuff for USA prices instead of foreign prices, which, you know, that can be expensive shipping something from South Korea to America, but they have an actual US post office there uh, to save money for us, which is great. 
But um, so they have a gas station too. So they have like a, a military exchange American gas station with basically American prices, maybe more similar to California as opposed to say like you know some of the cheaper states. But still, you know, Korean prices. To give you an example, I think maybe when when our gas prices were getting like around five something. In Korea, it was more like nine or ten a gallon. Uh, so that can that can be the difference between like wow. getting gas in Korea as opposed to getting gas in America. So I always got gas on base. Yeah, I always got <clears throat> gas on base. But this was too long of a trip. I had to get gas on Korea. But every time I I saw these Korean gas stations, it, 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 I it confused the, the crap out of me. It's like not because of the Korean right. It just seemed like they were much different for for some reason. I don't remember why exactly. But I was like, I don't know if I can use figure this out it seems different from the guest <laughs> pumps back at home i was like i'm just gonna sit. i don't know what to do but fortunately um i got in line with a bunch of other cars at this gas station and it was one of those stations where they actually fill it up for you so i just had to give him money and he did it for me and i was like oh okay so that's not too bad so it was no the folks. oregon of uh korea yeah in jersey <laughs> or jersey yep oregon and jersey those are the two. Oh yeah i just came back from a wedding in cape cod and we drove through jersey and i completely forgot about that i like drive up to this gas station and there's there's this guy sitting there and i'm like what is he do? what is he just standing there for i don't understand oh it's jersey yeah i can't pump my own gas okay okay i see but yeah that was my my trip to the olympics and it was an amazing experience the the korean uh People there were so friendly and nice, and I didn't have any trouble getting around, and it was a fantastic experience. Nice. I would love to go to a Winter Olympics. I wanted to go when it was here in uh, Colorado, mm. or even when it was in Canada the time before that. It uh, The oh, winter sports just interest me. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, and the, my last thing about that is that it was interesting to see the prices on various sports, and it depended upon, like, how popular it was in Korea. So hockey is not a big thing in Korea. They do have a professional league where they actually have a joint uh, professional league with Japan, and it's it's super amateur hours, not super popular in the country, so prices for the games were super cheap. Snowboarding wasn't too bad. Even the gold medal round wasn't that bad. But then when you got to speed skating, which is which they're very good oh, at, oh yeah, then the prices like like tripled, quadrupled, and I was like, oh nope, that's okay. I can oh, do it out. <laughs> but crazy. with the local hockey, were the fights still good? No, um, <laughs> I think it's because because maybe it's because Korea and Japan are in the same league, and there's still a lot of animosity between those two countries that maybe oh. like having. NHL type fights wouldn't be the best idea in the world. <laughs> but they don't it's like college hockey where they don't really fight that much. So hmm. interesting. Yeah, good to be someone who's uh interested in the sports that uh the locals are not. Exactly. Yeah, it worked out. I was into the I was like, oh, there's a bunch of sports that are great for the USA, but the Koreans are like, meh. So it's like it was much cheaper to get tickets for it. It's great. Yep. I remember watching that Sean White final run. The, mm. the I, I like I said, I watch the Winter Olympics every year, and that was I remember that now. I tend to watch them every four years, but I'm not as awesome as we okay. just. <laughs> he he, he so watches them. Yeah, every time it's on, I should say, yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> he he maybe he watches them. maybe he watches the worlds. You don't know. <laughs> it's the Olympic Channel where they run it all the time. You know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they just pick every episode. Every two different. Every two it's, weeks is just another. <laughs> Yeah, every right. every episode is just a different year. <laughs> this month, you'll see all the speed skating for the entire 1900s. <laughs> every qualifier, every final run, speed skating month. <laughs> this is speed skating week. 
Worst break, as we call it. <laughs> it's the greatest round of hopscotch you'll ever see in the 1930 Olympics. Whoa. That'd be, that'd like be, the, you know what? Now, now I want to see like a, a week of all the sports that have been discontinued. Discontinued <laughs> oh, that sports cool. week. <laughs> it's blast from the past week. <laughs> all right. Well, our next blast from the past is going to be Yangus talking about uh, one of his various trips yes. here. It's going to be a blast to the past, but not to play the shitty games and suck ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, AVGN reference there for everybody. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I want to <laughs> note here that in the notes that somebody decided to put stayed at home for my first trip. But then after that, I put fourteen. <laughs> Gee, I, I saw that. I was like, that, that wasn't me, actually, because I was reading that. I'm like, what? I, I did not put the stayed at home <laughs> thing on there. I'm going to guess that that was probably Pendy. <laughs> I, can <neither> den- <laughs> I can neither deny nor confirm that I wrote that. Okay. I'll never tell. <laughs> but um, yeah, so for the first trip that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the first time I actually went overseas to England uh, back in 2009. So around that time, one of my uncles was working over there in London uh, every few months. Like I believe it was that he'd go over for three months. He'd come back for about a month, month and a half. He'd go back over, work three months. He'd come back. It just was kind of what he did. I don't remember what his job was, but... That was just kind of how his schedule played out for work. So he'd go back, he'd come back for a while, so on and so forth. Now, I must have said something at some point to either my aunt or uncle or to um, my mom or something. But I remember, like, in January of 2009, uh, my aunt had made a comment to me and was like, well, you know, your uncle's going to be going uh, back over. He's going to be overseas again for a while. He's going to leave in February. And your uh, cousin, which is... um, or one of one of their children slash one of my older cousins, uh, he's going to be coming up, or he's going to be going over in mid March to go uh, visit his dad over there. Would you like to go? It's like, well, sure, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, why not? You know, get a get a chance to go overseas. So I remember for the next few weeks after that was mainly just you know getting passport, getting uh, myself uh, like a debit card and a credit card to take over there. So in case you know I had a checkbook too, you know, getting all getting all kinds of stuff ready to go. Biggest thing to get to, you know, deal with, too, because at that point I was still in, like, high school. That was my freshman year. I had to then go around and tell all of my teachers that, um, well, this is going to be going on. I got this opportunity. Am I going to be all right to miss school? Most of most of them were pretty good with it, and they were like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, it is a great opportunity for you, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's great. You can go. The only one that was kind of a stickler about it and that he was an interesting uh, teacher anyway was my one English teacher who was very adamant that I needed to go and see the, I forget the name of the theater, unfortunately, but it's the famous one for Shakespeare plays. Oh, we lost him. Yeah, we lost him all together. (laughs) He started to break up and then just said, whoop, he's gone. Oh, he dropped off the call, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone, gone. It could be the globe that he was talking about, the Shakespeare globe. All all I can think of is... uh, the Batman movie, Batman, uh, the Phantasm, where the Joker is like, hello, operator, I'm afraid the other party has been disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, Woodis. Yeah, Shakespeare's Globe. The squirrel back from Pendy Squirrel. <laughs> oh, oh, there we oh, go. There we go. Okay, apparently I totally got lost. <laughs> I don't know how, but all right. <laughs> There's not good reception in the Shakespeare Globe, we found out. Shakespeare Globe, all right. All right, yeah, well, I have no idea when I dropped off, so. Um, it, it was, you were, you were just finishing out. that, I think. Yeah, you were like, yeah, oh, the theater. The name of the theater. And then, then you went to start 
talking about the trip, I think, and that was the end of that. <laughs> okay, all right. Yep, yeah, the trip was just so interesting. The phone didn't even want <laughs> My phone didn't want me to continue the story. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, just to pick up from there, I guess, yeah, most of my teachers, they were fine with it. So, you know, I got ready for the trip. The trip started, like, mid, uh, mid-March. So my cousin and I, we flew out from Chicago, uh, like six hour flight. Um, God, I gotta remember what the hell all I said. <laughs> Just kept going. Um, we got to my uncle's flat that first day, dropped our stuff off, and I'm expecting, oh, we're gonna rest for a while and then we'll go off and explore London. Oh no, we we dropped our stuff off and it's, it's like, all right, out the door, let's go. Come on, we gotta get going. <laughs> and it was like i i i can't sleep on planes at all to save my life so i was at that point just like oh my god <laughs> so i really do not remember the first day that well other than I, I i kept a journal of every day so if i looked at that i could probably remember but off the top of my head i couldn't tell you what stuff we did the first day other than we walked around and we saw saw seeing big ben and all that stuff was pretty cool but other than that i don't remember what happened <laughs> but um <laughs> Most of the trip then uh, was mostly myself and my cousin uh, walking around, doing a lot of looking around. Like we went to see Stonehenge. We went and saw the castle of King Henry VIII. We went and saw some museums up there. Um, we would usually then meet up with my uncle in the evening times, like somewhere in London, because he he would have the weekends off, but he had to work most uh, weekdays unless he took like a Friday off or something. There was one Friday he did take off because we actually, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for one of the weekends we were there, we actually took a trip up to Scotland, and that was pretty cool. It was like a four-hour train ride. It actually was, felt very fast too. Like, but I will say, like I hadn't really ridden trains that much over um, before that point because uh, we rode the underground a lot, which is what they call the subway in uh, England and London. There, um, we rode like the above-ground trains to you know get from like the town that my uncle lived at to get to London, or you know vice versa. At the end of the day. And we did a lot of we, we tried out a lot of different restaurants. Like I think every day uh, we t- we went to different restaurants to try something new every time. And I remember, like I remember one of the first days we were there, we went to like this Chinese restaurant. Um, there was the one day where we had you know an authentic like um, British breakfast. Oh yeah. I found out that uh, with British breakfast they like to serve like tomato slices with it. They serve uh, I don't remember if it was baked beans or like pork and beans. I don't no, remember which one it was. But all right. They love their baked was, beans. You okay. have like the full yeah. English breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a yep. full beans English and toast. breakfast. Yep. Yep. It had the beans, the toast, the eggs, the bacon, the sausage, this little patty thing. I forget what that one was, but that was pretty good too. Like it, it was like the whole shebang. It's pretty good. It's a pretty filling meal. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, I mean, it, like I still remember so much of that trip so vividly and it's been like over a decade since I've been on that trip. And um. You know, it was, it was a really great opportunity, and it was really cool to, you know, getting a chance to go over there, and also to uh, give me a chance to get to know um, uh, the uncle that I went over there to go see, slash was uh, staying with, and my cousin, because uh, he, he kind of, we were kind of looking out for each other, him more so for me, because... Um, we were, we, you know, we were together all the time, so that was pretty cool. And it was pretty easy to get along with him, too, even though we had, you know, pretty different interests and stuff. But it was still nice to, you know, have him around and, you know, have somebody to walk around with and enjoy all that stuff. Because he was seeing a lot of that stuff for the first time, too. So, you know, we both got to, you know, enjoy that together. So that was pretty fun. Um, I will say that the one thing of that trip that I d- will never forget, just because of how bad it was, was when we were in Edinburgh. And uh, it was the first day we were there, like the first full day. 
So we got there like Friday afternoon slash Friday evening. Uh, we didn't do a whole lot, but we did uh, the next day. We were, did some tours to go see some of the sites and like went to see his old castle and stuff. And on this tour that we were doing in the morning slash um, early afternoon, we get to like the halfway point where it's like, OK, time to break off for lunch and stuff. Now, instead of going to like uh, like a Scottish pub or like a Scottish restaurant up there, you know, whether to eat, whether it was going to be like authentic Scottish food or not, you know, just, you know, just, just, a, just a place like that, you know, we could just kind of casually grab something to eat or like a little fried something, whatever. My cousin, whose it's turn it was to get lunch, decided, Hey, there's this little French cafe over there. Let's go eat there instead. <laughs> <laughs> the room was barely big enough to fit like six tables. This, this As one does in up. Scotland. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so cramped in there, and the food was just was god awful. I remember there, uh, like looking at that menu, there was nothing that jumped out to me, and, and like that whole trip up to that point, I was trying new stuff like practically every day because it's like, you know, you gotta eat, and it's like, all right, well, and most everything I ate, I enjoyed it. Um, like that was either brand new at some of the restaurants because like we went to like a an Indian restaurant, we went to um, like a Thai restaurant, you know, like, like a lot of these, uh, you know, people that, you know, had either immigrated or moved to um, London, you know, had their own businesses mm-hmm. going. And a lot of these places we went to that were kind of local ones. And a lot of them were pretty good. This little French cafe was just a piece of shit. <laughs> the, food, the food was awful. I hated it. Like my cousin, my cousin was trying to be a smart ass and was like, Oh, you guys just didn't order the right things. I got really good, um, like salad dish over here. My uncle and I had ordered this like veggie, what we thought was veggie soup. It turned out it was squash soup and that was not appetizing at all. <laughs> so to make up for it, my uncle then was like, all right, uh, you, you get to pick what we go do for supper. And I'm like, well, what are some options around here? So he's listing me out a few things. They have a hard rock cafe up there in Edinburgh. And it's not a small one either. It's a big ass <laughs> hard rock <laughs> cafe restaurant. And they even called it hard rock cafe Edinburgh. <laughs> It was like, honestly, that meal made up for it because it's like, you know what? This really isn't Scottish either, but damn it, this is this is like this is America food. <laughs> That's awesome. I I actually collect the the hurricane glasses from those because I love getting the hurricanes there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, th- but there there was some there was a lot of really cool stuff that um that I got to see over there, and I was really glad that I had the opportunity to go over there because it was it was one of those, always one of those places that I had wanted to go and see. So when the opportunity presented itself, it was like, yeah, sure, you know, awesome, I'd love to go, and you know, you know, do whatever I need to do to you know go over there. And I still have I don't remember where my pictures are at for them. I have a ton of pictures, and I have this little travel journal, like a ton of uh, um, um, little souvenirs too that I've picked up from places when we were going to different uh, areas we went to. And yeah, it was it's definitely a trip that I am never going to forget and i really enjoyed it so there we go did you have the meal that the two dragon quest characters are named after in dragon quest 8 <laughs> bangers and mash you know you know what i think i don't i don't think i did have actually i don't think i did actually have bangers and mash but you know what too i didn't play dragon quest 8 until like like two or three years after that trip so unfortunately it wouldn't have even crossed my mind to try something like that i did have uh, fish and chips though I gotta have that. You know, I had like the, like the stereotypical stuff you usually hear about, like fish and chips, and I had whoa, whoa. a bag. I got of a question crisp. about fish and chips. Did you pick up the fish, or did you use a knife and fork? Well, the one day we did use a knife and fork because we were eating at a pub. Which actually, there's a really funny picture of uh, 
me that my cousin took. He had ordered this like big, like uh, <laughs> he ordered a big mug of beer, and he took a picture of me, look like I'm about to start drinking it, and it's to our parents. <laughs> so he said to my mom, and it's like we couldn't control him. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she messaged back, it's like he better not be drinking a damn beer. <laughs> Would you have been but, legal to um, drink when you were there? No, 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 no. I was not eighteen. I, I yeah, that that's something I'll talk about in my in my on my next one too. But um, yeah, no. When I went, I was only like fifteen years old, so you know, kind of like mid teenage years. Sure. Now, still, still in that awkward phase, but still kind of growing out of it a little bit. You know, kind of stuck in between there. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm forty seven, and I'm still in that awkward stage. <laughs> <laughs> you just never got past it. I oh, never I just got remember past my years of puberty, sir. <laughs> oh, my voice is still changing. Oh. <laughs> it's, still cha- it's still changing. I asked uh, about the fish yeah. and chips because uh, when I was over there for, gosh, was it? I think just four or five years ago. Um, I don't know what it, the first time it didn't even occur to me. Like I don't even know what I did. Maybe I must have used a fork and knife on the fish and chips, but we went back to the same pub because there was a pub right across from the uh college. I went to King's College and we had classes in the library one day and my wife met us right outside the library and we went back to the same uh Knights Templar pub on the corner and I was like, oh man, I want the fish and chips again that I had six months ago when I was here because seriously the piece of fish was like the size of my forearm. Like elbow to wrist like this just gigantic one and i remember my wife being there and we were with another couple and then two other guys from my classes and i just picked that whole thing up and like dipped it in the sauce and started eating it and they just all looked at me like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) you dumbass and i'm like it's like a big chicken tender right it's yeah granted it's 12 inches long but it's they're like no you no you dumbass american you you cut that up and eat that I'm like, yeah, anything fried you pick up in your hand, right? That's the whole point of frying it. So or if you're a guy with state I, I will, you know, fair, you I put will, it on a stick. I will say... Yeah, there you go. That too, yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say too that um, when being over there, it really you know, it really amazed me when we were in London just how many different English accents that we heard, like from all mm. the places we went. Because there were days where we heard more people that had more of a Cockney accent. Uh, we had days where we heard more of like a Liverpool kind of accent. So it, it was really, I you know, I... I don't know how it's like kind of split up for like where you're coming from. Like that's how you like kind of determines what sort of British accent you have. But it was really cool, like hearing all of these, you know, people um, with these British accents, but all of them had just a slightly different one. It was, I I thought that was interesting. Like it's just like it was kind of one of my first times where I'm like, wow, you know, you know, all these people, you know, they live in the same place, but you know, they all have you know such different um, you know backgrounds, or they have such different uh, vocabularies, and you know, even if they're only just like maybe you know, several miles away from one another. You know, I thought that was super cool. Just a little detail that I liked. But um, you've been overseas to uh, England before, haven't you, uh, Platty? You've been, yeah, you've been there I, for a few times, haven't you? Yeah, I um, got my master's degree through my business. Um, they paid for me to go to King's College in London. And, I mean, 98% of it was all online. But I did go, gosh, was it 2018? No, wait, my son was born in 20... So it was December of 2016, and then June, July of 2017. So I guess it was about five years ago I was there um, Mm -hmm. twice. And the first time I went, I went for a week by myself, um, got my... uh, 
boss was like, why don't you go two days early? So like when classes start, you're, you know, not jet lagged or anything. I'm like, why not? Yeah, great, great suggestion since you guys are paying for it. And then uh, did that again over the summer and brought my wife and like we extended the seven days of classes that the school was paying just for like another six. So we spent like 13 days over there and did what you said. We did Stonehenge and Bath and but mainly we were just in London and did a bunch of London stuff. And it was great because everybody in my master's class, we had known each other online for like six months. We had to do projects and whatever. And almost everybody in the group of schools that I work with um, are British people teaching overseas in other countries. Um, our school is just an American school. That's kind of the oddball in the group just got purchased with a bunch of other ones. And so all these people are like either from London or, oh, yeah, we, you know, we, we spent time in London all the time. So I just got like taken around by people who knew everything and kind of like you, like I was eating different things every night, you know, Pakistani and Indian. And uh, my wife and I, when we were there, we took a bus kind of went way probably about 15 miles out of the heart of London Um as we, we called it, we were like in the Bronx of London because it was getting kind of sketch around there. And uh, all I remember is we got off the bus where we were supposed to eat. It was this Ethiopian restaurant that was very highly rated and very inexpensive. And all of a sudden, a mosque lets out and all these people are like just streaming out of a mosque. And I'm like, uh, oh, do you know where this Egyptian restaurant is? And they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's right behind there. They're like, they don't have a sign on the door. It's just like the middle door in that strip mall there. So, but that was like one of the best meals we had was like this unmarked Egyptian cafe um, hmm. behind a mosque. And I get, I, I don't know what day of the week it was that we were there that like, all I remember is getting off the bus and suddenly there was like 200 people just walking right at us. Like I'll try to get on the bus cause they were heading out there. They were done. Service was over. <laughs> um, you never know. Those hole in the wall places can be really good sometimes. Yeah. 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 Kind of uh, a hidden, kind of a hidden tree. But, you know, so, it's funny you talk eating a lot of street about, food like, was good. It's funny that you talk about them, you know, all coming streaming out of the of the uh, built of the mosque there, because <laughs> so I had always heard for the longest time. And I'm sure you guys have all heard it, too, how like people in Europe, especially like in England and stuff, they're very serious about soccer. Like it's a very you know hardcore, like everybody's into it. Like it's, you know, what's the, you know, well, I guess over there they call it football, but you know, mm -hmm. it's very, very big into it. And, you know, there's always like the chanting and all that kind of stuff, you know, like the, from, from the hardcore fans and everything. I remember one day it was like middle of the afternoon. We were heading back to my uncle's uh, flat. We were going to head back there for a few hours and then we were going to come back into London to uh, do something else. But we were like, hey, we want to go rest for a while. So we'll go hang out at the flat. As we're in the train station waiting to board the train, we suddenly start hearing this distant sound that's like, like, like it's like a group of people like chanting something, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, then all of a sudden we see a swarm of people up on the upper level coming in. They're all wearing like the same sort of colors. I think it was like blue and silver or something like that some of them had their faces painted some of them had like shirts and stuff all kinds of things next thing we know there's all of these police officers that came out of nowhere too <laughs> they're, they're all watching this group of men go wandering through there like they even had like the the I, like I, what their equivalent of like a canine unit would be because we saw some german shepherds in that train station too with some of the police officers and i'm like oh my god is this a this is a soccer riot <laughs> there's a bunch of hooligans they were following the hooligans i, I know <laughs> but yeah like we could just like throughout that whole train station you could just hear them chanting i, I don't know what it was they were chanting but it just sound but because of the echoes just sounded like oh 
you know, something like that. <laughs> where it, it must have been like some sort of like team chant for whatever, you know, whatever soccer team it was for. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But it was just the craziest thing because as soon as they all got out of there, all the police officers just like disappeared like that, like just snapped <laughs> their gun. It was the strangest thing. And I remember like even asking my uncle at the time, I'm like, should we be worried about all of this going on? He's like, no, this is probably just some fans that they're keeping an eye on. Make sure they don't get too rowdy. <laughs> It, it, it was definitely quite. The, it's kind of like with um with your story, Platty, where just you know everybody just sort of started swarming out of that uh, mosque there. Those yep. <laughs> soccer fans just started swarming in out of nowhere from the second level, and off they went. <laughs> yeah, that reminds that reminds me of being living in Las Vegas and going around the Strip, and we got swarmed. Me and my wife got swarmed by two different groups of people that were just. A hilarious mix again where it happened to be the night of the marine formal ball that they do every year so we have these marines walking around and then at the same time they must have had some kind of like event or convention for zombies so these all these people in zombie <laughs> makeup are walking around and still in character going <laughs> so you got marines and zombies milling, milling around with each other and like oh this is like this is like this is going to turn into a video game the zombies going to be taking out <laughs> Marines and zombies. It's Maybe it was the zombies were less split out. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, you guys have all been overseas here. We, we started in Hawaii. We went to Korea, London. Um, we'll, we'll keep it back uh, more domestic right now for a while. And holy crap, lots of domestic. So uh, to give a little context here, talk about a big road trip I took this summer. Uh, when my wife and I got married, uh, we went down to the Caribbean. Uh, we got married, uh, what, three days before Halloween and went down to the Caribbean, had a whole week down there in Pudicana, Dominican Republic. And like right when we came back, I, I very vividly remember, like even at um, Thanksgiving dinner, like having a really long chat with my wife's grandfather at the time about um oh yeah like we want to like we're thinking about doing a 48 state road trip because right when we got married my wife started uh working as a teacher's aide i'm like well we're both gonna have the summer off for the first time ever she had been working retail for the two years before that while we were dating and engaged um so i could go away like all summer if i wanted or four or five weeks and she got like her five or six days so um but we're like no no no, we could do like a road trip like what if we did all 48 states wouldn't that be great before we you know settle down have kids let's do that and uh by the time christmas came a month later uh, she was already pregnant so oops we, we uh, screwed the pooch on that one big time. And my wife's like, yeah, we're not doing a 48th road state road trip with me like seven, eight, nine months pregnant. So let's not do that. So that kind of just got set aside. Um, that was like 2013. And we're like, well, we won't be doing that anytime soon. And then right before Thanksgiving in the heart, the heat of the pandemic, uh, November 2020, my wife's uh, old dog died. And right in the middle of November, he'd been old and stumbling around for weeks. And I mean, he was 14 years old, whatever. So it, it was his time. He'd had a good long life. And when he passes away, of course, the kids right away, they've only known this little old dog for a long time. They're like, Can we get a big dog? Can we get a puppy? Can we get this? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm much more a cat person than a dog person. I don't want to deal with the dog and going out to the bathroom five times a day and blah, 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 blah. Cat can go do his own business. (laughs) 
and most of the day doesn't really want to interact with us anyway. And I'm, that's cool. Um, but my wife was even like, hey, remember our idea about that road trip? What if we didn't get a dog right away and we went and did a big 48 state road trip with the kids? And, you know, 2021, that summer was still pan- too, too pandemic-y. So we're like, you know, maybe we plan this for about a year and a half out. And then this summer, we finally did it. Now, we did come to our senses a little bit in the spring and realize 48 states with two kids one summer was a little bit crazy. Um, so we're like, you know, what if we just did like Mississippi, everything west of the Mississippi? I'm in Florida. So we're like, what if we just get over on the other side of the Mississippi and hit everything over there? Do um, and, and we're more outdoorsy people when we go vacation. Um I mean, if it's just my wife and I, sure, we'll go to London and go eating all over the place. But if we're with the kids, we're like, no, let's take them on a hike, go see a waterfall, go do this or that. So we decided to go out west and basically just hit national parks and sites out west like as much as we could. So uh, I'm going to kind of go day by day, but kind of fast because it doesn't need to be 30 minutes of this. But um, like one of our first stops, we the first day we drove over almost a thousand miles on the first day alone and darn near burnt ourselves out in a day but we stopped at a little place called the mississippi petrified forest and it was one ended up being like one of the most boring things ever we're just like walking through the woods and like oh there's a rock there's a rock there's a rock oh that rock used to be a tree like five million years ago or oh there's another rock oh that rock used to be a tree it's completely boring like the most exciting it got is we had been that was our goal to get there that day um 800 miles leaving crack of dawn and we get there and it's like threatening rain it is just dark and booming and it was really cool it was like four in the afternoon it was almost getting pitch black outside the storms were so close and all the fireflies lit up so for like the last five ten minutes walking through the forest there was just fireflies everywhere middle of the day just because it was so dark out so that was pretty cool cool. um yeah i mean it reminded me we went to go see that big eclipse like three or four years ago that hit the southeastern part of the United States because yep. um, my parents house in North Carolina was going to be in the full eclipse area. And we did that. I had to take off the third day of work um, and I'd planned it like a year ahead with my boss. She's like, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> this thing doesn't happen often. And being outside during an eclipse, like it was like nighttime because it, it got dark and like the birds went silent there's like a cold breeze it was really quite freaky um but a cool like two and a half minutes that's cool yeah yeah we didn't get the full effect of that here yeah i mean it wasn't in florida either we had we, we definitely traveled up there just for that but uh yeah i remember like, i remember when there was an eclipse like i think it was like 2017 that passed through and um i remember being at work that day that was it that was I, the one yeah i didn't i didn't go outside when it was um when it was going on, but I was able to see outside pretty well from the windows and the office where I was working at. And I was really surprised, like just how dark the day was getting. I'm like, it's daytime, but it wasn't like pitch black or anything, but there was definitely a noticeable dimming of the light of the uh, mm-hmm. light, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that one, that just affected my heart. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> oh, Very, boy. This is the deep metaphorical one. <laughs> 
<laughs> Total eclipse. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Got it now. <laughs> so as we continued on our journey, we stopped at a place in Arkansas called Crater of Diamonds State Park where you could dig for your own diamonds. And they have like two to five diamonds found a day there. Most of them are just little tiny things that I, I probably wouldn't even... Like, I, they have pictures of them there. I'm like, I, if I would have dug that up, I wouldn't even have known that was a diamond. So would it just looked like a rock. It was a weird place. It was like, gosh, 20, 30 acres. And it was just all mud and dirt. And you're just sifted through this crap. We rented buckets and sifters and yeah, we didn't find anything. But it was cool to like, hey, we're looking for diamonds. Um, but that was also the day we got to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my wife had been talking about it for two days that she wanted to stop at this blue whale. And my youngest son who was six, had been just so excited for two days to get to the blue whale, get to the blue whale. And we pull in and it's like this concrete whale in a tiny pond sitting on the side of route, uh, old Route 66. And he was so disappointed. He was crying because he thought literally we were going to see a blue whale. We're like, oh, no, this is just some roadside attraction thing. <laughs> Like, I mean, I know you're Hate six, but we've looked at the map every day. Like, you know, there's no ocean in the middle of Oklahoma, right? <laughs> so, yeah, oops. Um, the next day we went to a salt mine outside of Wichita, and that was pretty cool. We went down uh, like 700 feet deep into the earth, and it was uh, the part of the salt mine. It's called the uh, St- uh, Statega, Statega Salt Mine or something. And uh, it you're just down there and there's all these huge rectangular rooms cut out of there. And one of the neat things I thought is, or I noticed that they talked about, and they had a whole like little museum kind of area down in the mine for this is Hollywood stores, like from the twenties and thirties, just lots of reels of film in this mine because the humidity's low and it's completely constant and it doesn't have, you know, it's not like the power is going to go out and you're going to lose your air conditioning or anything. But they literally have vaults and vaults and vaults and rooms of old movies and memorabilia there. Well, that's cool. And yeah, we got to take there's two two different rides. One was on a little train track and one was on like a meet like a almost like a Disney cart. Um, the the mine cart the, ride. Yeah. And they take you out in the farther reaches of the mines from like that that had been abandoned like since the 40s or the 50s and they flip off the lights and it's pure darkness like you can't see your hand in front of your face so that's pretty cool did you lick Uh, the walls no that was a big thing they told you not to because (laughs) this was called a this was a dirty salt mine there was like very little pure salt there it was very much mixed in and they sell all their salt as um pretty much road salt Okay. Not food salt. Yeah. They, they're like, no, no, no. This stuff's not pure. Don't lick the wall. <laughs> I just um, had to ask, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, and they, they, they made sure because everybody there asked that question. They made sure to like over and over and over again. Like even as we're going down the mine shaft, they're telling us don't lick the walls. Don't lick the walls. <laughs> First of all, you don't want to lick a wall somebody else licked. And secondly, <laughs> you're just going to taste rock. You're not going to get like a salty flavor very much. Um, we headed down uh, and this was like planned on the fly uh, from like the second day on our trip, we headed down into Southern New Mexico and did Carlsbad Caverns. And that's where uh, my wife like fell in love with the idea of going to national parks, like all the time. We got a passport book that you can get stamped and there's all these stickers you can get that you can only buy in each park. And um, we made an appointment this day to go into the caverns at like 
sometime it, it was a check-in. You could only, they don't want too many people down in the caverns there at the same time. So you had to check in, uh, pay like a $1 fee to hold your spot. Well, we got there at like 9.15 in the morning. And it's like, I think our window was 8.30 to 9.30. And I'm thinking like, oh, well, man, there's probably a lot of other people. I think we were the 10th, maybe 12th people down in the mine that day. And Carlsbad Caverns, like the size of a couple football fields down there and just like a one to two mile path to walk all around and they keep it very dimly lit. And it was awesome just being like you felt like you were alone down there. It wasn't like the salt mine where there's always people around you and whatever. This was like you're just on a little path walking through stalactites, stalagmites and all these cool things. And they, they kept the lights very dim down there. But that that was awesome. That was a great way to kick off our national park tour. Um and then later that day, we stopped in Roswell because my wife, that was like her number one thing on the trip was must go to Roswell, must go to <laughs> nice. Roswell. And it was funny. I was surprised how literally everything in that town, like we passed Dunkin Donuts two miles outside of town and the Dunkin Donuts sign is a big green alien holding the words Dunkin Donuts. Like everything leaned way into it. Well, of but course. we did like a Yeah, we did a little UFO museum downtown um, and some crappy little glow room thing that I think we paid twice as much to walk through these silly glow rooms as we did to go actually in like this huge UFO museum area. Oh, UFO museum and research center. Cause you know, it's all legit there. Of course <laughs> you didn't get probed. No, we did not get probed. Thank goodness. <laughs> and if you follow me on Twitter, you probably seen a lot of pictures of all these places. Cause we had little Westie with us. I brought a pocket sized version of uh, Westie the blue slime. We called him Westie M3. And he, he pictures all over my Twitter of this trip. Um, the next day, we kind of found out the hard way, like using GPS to go to national parks. Um, we went to Mesa Verde National Park, which is just over the border from New Mexico into Colorado. And we're like, oh, man, this is only like three hours away. We'll be able to do there, hit the four corners and, you know, make our hotel room the next stop easily the next night and yeah that it was a complete fail like we get to the national park where we had googled the uh get to the national park and they're like yeah so um if you want to go to the cl cliff dwellings with the ancient um indian cliff dwellings which they're known for that's about an hour and 15 minute drive from the visitor center no that's kind of like my volcano trip in maui yeah that's to, what i was thinking about that like i got the rest of the trip we got was. burned by this all the time Yep, I got like, to where the gate was, and you had to pay to go through the yet, and then it was another hour to the peak. Yep. So we did that, and, you know, that added two hours to the day, and, like, we were rushing. I think we got to the hotel at, like, 10 p.m. that night, but that was really cool. Like, we actually got to go into ancient cliff dwellings and climb up a ladder, and, like, I'm like, oh, damn. Like, I can see why they wanted to live here. Like, the one that they had open was completely shaded from the sun. Like, I don't think it got direct sunlight ever, um, and being in a pretty arid area— that would be pretty nice to not have to <laughs> yeah. be sitting in the sun all day um, hundreds and thousands of years ago. And that evening we stopped at the Four Corners Monument and we made it like 30 minutes before that thing closed. What a dump that place is. <laughs> uh, has anybody else been to that? No, no, I've seen it. I saw it in Breaking Bad and it didn't look like there was much to it at all. There is nothing to it. You pull in and it's the four corners of Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, where they all meet. And apparently there are three different Native American tribes that own that have reservations that meet there as well. They're all in the corners of the states and they touch there. So it's run by the Native Americans 
and you go there and seriously it's a plaza that could be in the middle of a strip mall and there's just a little metal in the middle with some concrete things around it people lined up getting a picture at this little metal but then all around it it's like a flea market and there's just little booths um and there's lots of Native Americans selling stuff, jewelry and everything. It was kind of nice. But then again, we showed up at like 545. So most of them had packed up for the day. There was like six people out of like 50 booths still selling stuff. So, yeah, it was a complete non-event. It was like, hey, look, we pulled over. We paid our $15 and we took a picture on four states at once. But, yeah, there was. That's, that's really, all there is really to it. That's all there is. I mean, and you pull in and it's in the middle of the desert. There's just nothing there. Um, the next day we woke up and we went to um the grand canyon and we came in from the north we had read beforehand like 90 percent of visitors go to the southern side of the grand canyon so we went to the northern side and it was amazing i mean this is in the middle of june height of tourist season and we pull up at like 11 a.m to the highest point in the grand canyon and there's like all 100 parking spots and there's maybe like eight cars there it was just we, we never hit crowds in the grand canyon we stopped at like three or four different things and that was just amazing. But almost more amazing than that, that morning we drove past a place called the uh, Vermilion Cliffs. Um, just uh, you're almost at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. There, your your uh, Colorado River was right there, and you're just looking at these cliffs going up four thousand, five thousand feet, and you just look. They look fake because. They're so brightly colored and like the the lines in them for the different sedimentary layers are just so straight. You're like, gosh, that's like painted on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, it's like watching the sunsets out there, too, in that part of the country. It's like, is this CGI? No, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they look like. You know, and speaking of sunsets, that night we stayed at this uh, place right on the border of Arizona and Utah. Literally the border because I went to the grocery store, which was one mile away. And I got there at the wrong time. They were just closing down because not it wasn't a break between time zones. But what, like Arizona or Utah, one of them didn't have daylight savings and the other did. Arizona. So like, yep. So they half the it. town's not doing daylight savings and the other half is. So it was like, what, what, what the hell? But we stayed in a tent that night. It was uh, we rented a tent that was kind of permanently there and had nice beds inside and whatnot. It, I guess it was like glamping or so, but no electricity. And you had to use the communal bathroom a three minute walk away. But we saw the sunset that night. That was amazing. And I fell asleep. I've been doing too much driving the past couple of days. So I fell asleep pretty early. Um, my wife and kids went out and just laid some blankets down and just watched all the stars. Cause it was pretty dark out there, obviously. Um, and my, I know my oldest son and my wife saw a shooting star and my son still talks about this, like almost every day. Like, remember when we saw that shooting star? Like we actually saw one. It was like right across the sky. Um, now I went to bed so early. I woke up at four in the morning and just went outside and kind of did the same thing and watched the sun rise. And at one point I'm looking at like this, cause we're staying this, uh, tents like right on the, in, in the desert, but 500 feet away, there's a, almost a mile high cliff, like right there. We're like, holy crap sleeping right next to this thing and this i knew the sun would be coming over that cliff and at one point i'm like is there somebody up there shining a flashlight or whatever and i pull out my little app that shows where the stars are no i watched uh ended up watching mercury venus or no venus mars and jupiter rise in a straight line right before the sun so that was cool nice being able to see that um the next morning we woke up we went to uh, zion national park which was pretty cool 
That place is um, great. Yeah. And we lucked out because we were driving through and we did not do enough research for this trip. Um, like, we're driving through a little town trying to get to the entrance of Zion National Park. And all we see are signs everywhere. Park here, park here and ride in. We're like, screw that. Why are we going to park and ride in? We're just going to go to the visitor center. Um, and then, like, all these signs, like, visitor center full. You can stop here, whatever. So we pull up to the uh, gate and we told the lady that we were going to just kind of drive through and she's like all right yeah there's no parking up there we pull into the visitor center and right as we pull in car pulls out we got front row <laughs> nice like, um but that was a neat park they they realized it's in a it's in a canyon and it's pretty tight in there so they years ago started restricting cars in there and they just bust you to all the different stops but it, it was quite disappointing and we'd seen this in mesa verde too like even all the literature and everything talks about like oh you know you can go do this you can go do that i think Three of the nine stops in Zion were closed and had been closed for years, like due to rock slides and whatever. So we're like, oh, yeah, we can't wait to see this. I'm like, no, you can't go there. We're like, oh, what about this? Nope, can't do that. Then my wife's asking the ranger about something else. He's like, I can't talk about that because technically it's not on National Park property. If you wish to do it, I'm sure you can find out how to get there. Lots of people go there. But no, nope, I can only talk about yeah, we're like, uh, okay. But no, we went to the very end of Zion National Park, which it, it, basically you're in a canyon and there's a river going through it. We did hikes up to the sides and everything. But eventually it comes to one point and you can't get any, like the walls are narrow. It's like 20 feet across, um, very narrow canyon. And you can do something called the river walk and you can walk in the river, just continue on walking. And lots of people do, they rent water shoes and everything we didn't do that we were like eh, we got little kids and there was a hell of a lot of people there that day that was the first time we really hit big crowds but we did hike like a uh, mile and a half to the point where you can only walk in the river from then on and we had a lot of fun there's very aggressive squirrels there that's <laughs> <laughs> looking at the notes like my sons were so excited about the squirrels there were signs everywhere do not feed these squirrels squirrels are a problem here did you find uh, a Neo and, Neo and Trinity while you were in Zion? No. Ooh. Matrix? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bad joke. Oh, boy. Uh, my, my wife is uh, from South Korea, and she's fascinated by the squirrels here in Virginia. She has, like, uh, sunflower seeds that she goes out and feeds them sometimes. <laughs> oh. And then here I'm giving Zachary ideas um, how to trap squirrels last week. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got too many squirrels in Florida. Just trap them. Here's what I bought. Trap those squirrels, damn it. Um. But the next day we went to we did Death Valley in the middle of June. Uh, I think the highest recorded temperature we were there at the time was 124 degrees, which is ridiculous. Um, the uh, what was uh, it's a dry heat. It, it's a yeah, it was a dry heat. <laughs> but um, what was I had a friend text me later that day, like, why the hell did you go to Death Valley in the middle of uh, summer? Like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, wh what would have been the point to go to Death Valley? Like, and it's 80 degrees there. Like, whoop de do like, You're back home then. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So, no, that was, it, we didn't get out of the car very long, but uh, it was, uh, it was ridiculous. The heat there, and gosh, we, we went to the lowest part, which is called Bad Water, and there's like, just water down there that's nothing but, but like, it's like pure salt at that point. <laughs> and we got out, we took a picture, and right after we took a picture, a wind like whipped up. It was a pretty damn big wind, almost knocked my littlest son over. And my kids still talk about that wind, like how awesome it was, like this hot blast. Because, yeah, it felt like someone had just opened the oven. It was already hot. And then that wind kicked up, and it was just even hotter. Not even. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. Gross. You're getting sandblasted while you're down there. It, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's how, that's how that's how it is out there cuz like if it's 80 to 90 then the dry heat part of it is great. It feels you know, a lot more comfortable than with like 100% humidity somewhere else in the east. But like when it gets over 100 then it, yeah, and you get a little bit of wind then it's like just a, the feeling of an oven in your face. It's not great. <laughs> so uh yeah, we had in. I mean, we were in California at that point. Uh, we went. We went up through. Um, it was on a Sunday. We drove through San Francisco, which the roads there were just ridiculous. Um, and went up the coast that day, and it was probably typical uh, West Coast day. I, everybody was like, "Oh, drive up the coast of the California, whatever." Yeah, it was pure fog. Could barely see anything, and. I think we were three hours on the coast just driving and driving and driving up Pacific Coast. And my wife's like posting on Facebook, like, drive up the coast, they say. It'll be beautiful, they say. Nothing but fog. And then uh, we stopped at uh, Point Arena Lighthouse, which apparently is the closest point to Hawaii in the continental United States. And everything was perfectly clear. Like five minutes before we pull into the lighthouse, everything clears up. It's a beautiful summer day, 75 degrees tops. We go to this lighthouse and it was just amazing. And so that was really cool. We stayed in some cabins that night in Eureka in an RV park. And it was a beautiful cabin. My mom's like, wow, I wonder how they built that. And I'm like, mom, this is like a prefab cabin that was just placed here in the RV park. (laughs) Totally manufactured, but uh, it feels like real wood. (laughs) It probably was real wood, but that thing was not built on site. It was uh, plopped down on the edge of the RV park. Um, But the next couple days we did... Oh, I kind of forgot. We did had done the Sequoias in California. Sequoia National Park was nice, but the Sequoias were like bizarre. They're so huge. And like, I don't even think before this summer, I understood that there was a difference between Sequoias and the Redwoods, um, two different trees that they got in California. Sequoias are wider and more voluminous. If you were to weigh them, they would weigh more, but the Redwoods are way taller. And the Sequoias were a little bit taller than all the other pine trees and everything around there, but they were like fake big like you walked up to them and you're like okay this has got to be like a movie set that's not real like this thing's 30 feet 35 feet wide like trees don't get that wide yeah they they were insane and this was also a tight little park um very like we luckily got a parking spot again you had to get bust everywhere around there and they were doing controlled burn at one point we're like right oh you know excuse us firemen like we see the fire over there we're just trying to get through thanks um but I liked the Redwoods even better. The Redwoods were really cool. They were like all up the coast of California, too. It wasn't like, hey, here's just a grove of Redwoods. Uh, randomly driving up the coast, we pulled over at a little amusement area and we got to drive through a Redwood. They'd carved a spot, drive right through the Redwood. Um, and I got out of the car and took some pictures of my wife doing this. And she scratched the paint a little bit on the rearview mirror. But tight fit. Hey, yeah, always a tight. We they had told us they're like fold in your mirrors so we folded them in and the kids were telling me how they like ran their hand along the wall the entire time as she was driving through um but it was a tight fit but then i tell you what the redwoods were awesome yeah they're big too maybe only like 20 feet wide instead of like the 30 but they are noticeably taller than all the trees around there you're like man damn that's a big tall tree there and then like the redwoods twice as tall as it like holy shit um you just like talking about big wood yeah, there's some big wood there. <laughs> and we, we were sitting at one of the visitor centers or one of the gift shops had this huge field outside of it. And they had all these um, 
picnic benches all along it for people to eat. And they had all this seating, like just looking out into the field. We're like, what the hell's that for? And like we go in the gift shop, come out, and suddenly there's all these elk just like right there. Huge elk, wild elk. And people are like sitting 10, 15 feet from them. Um, and that was really cool. We were sitting on a bench and my youngest son turns to me and these elk are like literally 10, 15 feet away. And you're like, holy shit, man, if that thing turns lowers his head we are goners but he just turns and he really quietly whispers daddy this is the best week ever that's cool and little old lady sitting next to me like her hand like goes to her mouth she's like oh my dear <laughs> but anybody yeah. make a big rack joke then too no we gonna have big <laughs> rack and big wood but uh, <laughs> we kept it pc in the family <laughs> the, the next day though, and i'd be like oh man it'd be hard <laughs> oh, you would be. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let me cool this down a bit because of the next day we had our like Woodus like experience because we were going up to Crater Lake National Park and I was even like, why are we doing this? Let's let's keep moving along. Where I was like, no, 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 and I'm like, whoop de doo, it's a lake. We see lakes in Florida. Like, what what's the big deal? There's lakes in North Carolina. What's the the big deal with Crater Lake? Well, good thing didn't listen to me. Um, we go climbing up to Crater Lake in Oregon, and I did think for, I don't know what the hell, maybe it was a little bit cool the night before, but I like looked at the temperature up there. I was like, oh shit, we're not ready for this. Like we had all brought one pair of jeans on this trip and we all put on our jeans. We stopped at Target at like eight in the morning. We all bought a second sweatshirt and thank goodness because we get up to Crater Lake at like 10 in the morning. I think it had been closed like the previous three days and there was just snow piled up on the side of the roads everywhere. It had snowed there for days and days and days. And I don't think I've ever seen more than an inch or two of snow anywhere in my life. And oh, cool. my kids had definitely never seen anything like that. And we pull off right out inside the entrance and there were just fields that you could go walking out in. That was nothing but like 12 to 18 inches deep of snow. Like we were we were sinking down six, eight inches and I was sticking my uh, hiking stick down and it was going twice as far. I'm like, uh, but we had snowball fights and but it was like 45 degrees out. So it was a nice temperature still in the morning and all the fresh snow. We get up to the top and the entire lake is just ringed with white and snow. And they had signs everywhere by, you know, chain your tires, have your snow tires on. And we're like, yeah, whatever. Nobody did there. And yeah, we saw cars having problems. <laughs> I, I definitely made I was like, OK, where are we driving? Where, where's that car that just slipped a little bit in the other side of the parking lot? But that was beautiful. Crater Lake. That's and then cool. you're welcome to come to Iowa anytime in the winter. You can see as much snow as you want. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you know, having having our two hours there was enough. We're like, eh, that's it. Yeah. And then the next day we went to see uh, Mount St. Helen in Washington. And that was kind of our halfway point. We were like, hey, we're at Mount St. Helen. It, again, we were talking to people up there because the visitor center overlooks the mountain. You don't really like walk onto the mountain. It's all logging area around there. And the visitor center had all this information about the explosion in 1980 and everything. We watched videos about it, um, recreations, read about all the people that died and whatnot. Lots of geological information there. And we talked to a guide who his wife was married to someone from Florida. So we just struck up a conversation and he's like, yeah, he goes, this is the first day in like five days that I can actually guide people on some walks or whatever. Uh, he goes, you couldn't see the mountain for the past five days. So we're like, oh, damn. Like, just perfect timing. It just amazed me how big that mountain was, too. Like, I, we were, I don't know, five, ten miles away from it. And still, like, you look out at it, and it dominates. It's like, I don't know, 90 degrees of your view is just, just this mountain. So, Oh, yeah, that, you're that used to awesome. Florida where it's flat. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, we're up on one mountain looking at another mountain and like, my God, how big is that? I mean, I don't think we were up more than four or 5,000 feet, but of course, Mount St. Helens stretches taller. So, I mean, it was above us. It was below us. There was a whole valley in front of us, river basin and everything. Um, and that, that was just really cool. We were going to try to do Mount Rainier that day, too. Um but we checked the weather, and we were, uh, gosh, like two and a half, three hours away, and it all the weather was rolling in. So we we're like, all right, this is it. This is our halfway point of the trip. So we turned around that day. Um, it's pretty cool driving through. Um, I think it's the Columbia River, right between Washington and Oregon, all the way back. Like the interstate follows that river, and to me, that was like a huge canyon. On the Oregon side, it was just steep cliffs all up the side. Like right off the interstate, you go 50 feet off the interstate and boom, there's a cliff right there. And the other side, Washington was more eroded and just rolling hills all the way. But we made it all the way to Boise, Idaho that night. And the next day we went to this uh, national park called Craters of the Moon um, National Park. And, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Idaho, and it was all these lava fields again. And you could crawl through lava, not crawl, you had to climb over some <laughs> rocks. But they had these lava caves that you could just walk through. That were just... So, so they let you crawl through the lava. Huh? <laughs> crawl through the lava. And, you know, I never... See how long I, it I takes to burn. I didn't read how long ago this was, like hundreds or thousands of years ago, the last time the lava was there. But, I mean, the land was still, like, blasted. And, like, the rocks were still sharp. And there were areas, like miles long with no plants on it i'm like my god when was the last time lava flowed through here you know if it was 500 years ago didn't wouldn't like rain have eroded this a little bit by now but yeah that, that was really cool um that was idaho you said that was idaho craters of the moon i think it was not a national park but it's like a national volcano monument or something like that no it, we we hit a lot of places that had weird acronyms. Like this is not quite a national park, but uh, kind of is, kind of not. And so we were there to to put this in context. We were right there, right about when uh, Yellowstone had all that flooding this summer, and Yellowstone National Park closed down because we couldn't go. Um, the next day, we went to the Grand Teton National Park and did a four-mile hike around there, and that was beautiful, um, just with the huge snow-capped mountains in the distance. And Oh, those huge I'm, Tetons are great. Yeah, they, they're huge. <laughs> I've we, been there, too. love the Tetons. <laughs> but we couldn't go, we couldn't get into Yellowstone, so it was right that one week, just happened to hit that one week where Yellowstone was all closed down, so we kind of... Flew through Tetons and kept going. The next day, we went to the Badlands, which, again, I was like, why are we going to the Badlands? I, I kept asking my wife, I'm like, what, what's the big deal about the Badlands? Like, every national park has a gimmick, right? Like, that's why they made this a national park. What's so big about it? And she's like, I'm not even looking it up. We're going. Shut up. <laughs> um, it was a hot as hell day there, too. At one point, the car registered, I think it was 108 or 109 degrees driving through there and again when we stopped for gas right outside of there um i opened the car door and it almost like got yanked out of my hand it was Ooh. so windy um and talking to some lady in the gas station she's like you hear about the towns that have been like wiped out recently and i was like what so like i look it up and like yeah there was a town nearby that it like had gale force winds for hours and wow. these towns probably have like 20 people uh, <laughs> kind of got everything blown over it's like holy shit um a couple things oh go ahead I was going to say, yeah, I was gonna say the one, the first place we went to in the Badlands, it, it was very, it was surreal. It was like if a giant had taken a concrete mixer and just made like drip castles, like at a beach where yep. you just drop wet sand. Like we're crawling over these rock things and walking through areas and everything just seemed like really like almost like natural concrete everywhere. It's just bizarre. Like 
you could reach down and kind of crack the ground a little with your hand and like, what the hell is this? Does somebody just make this all out of plaster of Paris or, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and then driving through some of the more scenic areas later and over some canyons, um, we had a Buffalo walk right in front of us. I, I had to literally put the car in park and wait for this bison <laughs> to go by. And he's just kind of looking at, my car and the car next to us and he finds a little puddle on the other side of the road. I got, I got some pictures with Westy like right outside the window. Um, nice. So, but so yeah, we were when you were driving perfect. through there, I remember my dad taking through me there when I was a kid. Did you ever get to a point where we, I remember we were driving along a river and it, it felt like you were going uphill, but, but it looked downhill it, or the other it, way it, around. It looked the opposite the way you were going, so we actually stopped the car in the middle of the road and put the car in neutral, and you rolled the opposite way that you thought it looked. We have a place like that in Florida. I remember going as when I was with my grandmother years ago, and then I went to go went on a business trip, and I made like a bunch of people I was on a business trip go to it. Um, it was like over in Lakeland called like Spook Hill or something like that. It was that same visual, like the yeah. landscape looked one way, yep, but yep. the road's it's- actually sloping backwards, like. You think you're rolling uphill. Yeah, it's the way the sediment looks in those, like your ca- San Castle Hills, like you're talking. It's yep. different than the way the, the road is. That was kind of yeah, weird. Th- there were some visually, like, like the Badlands had the most, like just in like 20 miles, had a ridiculous variety of landscapes. Like I said, it was that like one area that just felt like it was poured out of concrete. Then you're in sand dunes. And then we went to this, uh, my wife said that day. The yellow mounds were her favorite, and it was just like layers of sediment that were like almost like neon yellow, like just right there. And you could go climb over them and everything. And then, yeah, there's bison just roaming on the prairies and prairie dogs. Oh, my God. We saw so many prairie dogs. I remember those. Those were fun. Yep. Um, boners. (laughs) And then come to the end of our... Did you stop in like the Black Hills or Deadwood or any of that when you came through there? No, we didn't. I know um, we had family there a week before us and they had mentioned the Black Hills and it wasn't the way we were going, I think, because we kept trying to clip states like um, the day we went to the Badlands. We were in Nebraska for like an hour, like most states we tried to stop and do something in. But there there were a couple states that like we got to curve around and we we don't want to miss any state. Like we're not going (laughs) to leave Nebraska undone. You want to touch a toe and move on. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it was a couple of those states and a couple of areas like that were just. Uh... So Nebraska was one of those. And I think then because then we curved back to Wyoming and did um, Mount Rushmore. Yep. Do you see Devil's Tower in Wyoming? We did. We yep. We we stayed right outside of Mount Rushmore, the place we ended up staying at. Um, my wife had actually forgot to book the hotel in Sioux Falls, I believe. Like, we pulled up to the hotel. She gets in, gets out of the car, goes in, comes right back out a minute later. She's like, so I didn't hit confirm and I didn't hit reserve on the app, so we don't have a room tonight. So, like, last second on a Saturday night in the middle of June, like, we ended up staying ridiculously close to Mount Rushmore, paid quite a bit more, but... You walked out of our hotel door, looked left, and I could see three out of the four faces. Oh, that's awesome. So it was all of like a three-minute drive to get there. So like 9, 15 at night, you know, it's still a little light out in the summertime. So we ended up driving up there and watched them turn the lights on at night, um, which was very anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> the lady at our hotel is like, oh, you can go see the light show. and da, 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 da. So I'm like expecting spotlights and majesty and everything. Um, now, I think when we showed up, there there was some thing going over the loudspeakers around there. Um, it might have been James Earl Jones narrating the history of the country and whatever. 
whatever. Um, we were just kind of like, hey, where's the mountain? Because all the lights were off and now it was kind of dark at 930. And yeah, around 940, they, somebody just flipped the switch and the lights were on. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, we noticed there was an amphitheater down there and there were some park rangers talking to about four or five hundred people. And we're like, oh, I bet if we were here at nine, that might have been a little bit more majestic to hear them sure. talk about it. But we went back uh, the night the next morning because it was only three minutes away. And then, yeah, we did Devil's Tower that day. That was pretty cool. Walked all the way around it. Um, that that was a freaky kind of, what is it, feature in the middle of nowhere. And there's I remember, you, there's, I remember you, oh, sorry. I, I remember ahead, you Penny. and I were talking about uh, Mount Rushmore compared to Grand Canyon. So, because for a lot of people, Grand Canyon is much larger than people think it's going to be. And then Mount Rushmore is a lot smaller than people think it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, I can see that completely was yeah mount rushmore's like oh yeah but it like from where you view it you could hold up like a quarter and mm -hmm. at arm's length and cover half the faces yeah yeah they're like i had to like take my kids over and like look at signs where they're like showing some guy like hanging on a rope and he's half the size of the nose pressure washing and cleaning that and i was like okay so it is bigger <laughs> but yeah on a, on a scale of like everything else it was pretty small yeah at the distance at, you're at the scale is non-comprehensible yeah if you could hike up to it you'd be like holy shit man that's yeah. big but yeah from where you are it's just like oh you know let's see a billboard over there on the side of the mountain <laughs> where's the tour through the nostril or something like that right yep so kind of speeding through the end here because we did theodore roosevelt national park in north dakota the next day and that was from everything else we'd seen it was just hey look here's like some small gullies and here's some plains and prairies and mesas and it was like eh. whoa 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 north dakota is boring what i can't i don't believe you i know i, I know. lived there for four years i can't believe that you would say that north dakota is boring like it's I, that's implausible <laughs> i drove on the interstate that day i think it's like i-90 or something that's up there mm, that yep. thing goes dead straight through the center of the state i don't think i turned that wheel one degree the entire time i was on that interstate other than to change lanes it was that that is a very very straight drive through there yeah, I remember seeing someone doing jokes about like places to go, and then they it's like a book, and all these pictures of these different places, and they get to North Dakota, and it's just a blank page because that's basically <laughs> what's there. Yep, yep. Hey, like, hey. Even the national park we went to was kind of like mm, this is unimpressive. <laughs> now, it, it was nice; it was huge and everything, but. Eh. So when you went through Montana, was the speed limit still unlimited? You know what? We only went down like some state road and it was 80. Uh -huh. Like, okay. yeah, we weren't on an interstate or anything. We were uh, just on like bad. a state road that was very close to the border to the south of North Dakota. So was yeah, when we weren't I was, on the big roads. It was when I drove there and that would have been in 2012-ish, uh, maybe 2011, I think. When we moved My to guess Las is Vegas. on major roads it was, but yeah, we were just on back yeah. roads the whole time. Yeah, I sorry, just had to squirrel. I thought of that when you talked to driving straight <laughs> across North Dakota. Oh, let me tell you, I, I tell you, North Dakota, I did 80 the whole time and more. If it wasn't pouring rain for half that trip, and thank God that road was very nice and straight the whole time because <laughs> that was the only time we hit like torrential downpours for hours. But uh, from here, the rest of the trip, we kind of just zigzagged around and did little fun things. We saw the biggest ball twine in Minnesota. Woohoo! Thanks, Weird Al. Yep, thanks, Weird Al. And thank you, Woodis, for reminding us of that because <laughs> you, you were like, hey, are you going to go do that or go to the Spam Museum? I was like, actually, yes. And we did both. We went to the Spam Museum. How um, was your Spam? 
it, it's been good so far. I've had the, let's see, the bacon spam. That was good. I made regular. Oh, I had some jalapeno one. I made a little Mexican rice dish. That was good. And then the other day I was at Walmart and I finally found where spam was. Like, I, I, I don't like go looking for spam. I haven't eaten spam in forever. And then I saw it and I'm like, wow, man, all these freaking cans that I bought at the museum because they're like, can't find these anywhere. They're all at my local Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Three. I think the only one I got that I can't get at my local Walmart was some like Portuguese um sausage flavor or whatever. So, so do you have a shirt that says I traveled 3000 miles and all I got was a can of spam. <laughs> oh, I should. My wife's got a spam shirt. She loves wearing that. And then uh yeah, in the Midwest, we met up with uh Woodus one day and Yangus another day. So I got to hang out with you guys for a few hours each, dinner and yeah, lunch. You got some local beers here from iowa yes thank you very much we had beer and pizza. some bizarre pizzas that were delicious was it the orange chicken pizza i think we had orange chicken my what would my wife get that loaded baked potato loaded baked potato yep kids got cheese and and then the loaded pepperoni for my son mm-hmm which i remember when that came out i was like that's a loaded pepperoni had like 10 pepperoni on it but then when he bit it was into all under it, the it, cheese. Under the cheese was all pepperoni. Like, oh, that is loaded with pepperoni. Yep. Haven't you ever, haven't you ever heard the theme song for that? Under the cheese, under the cheese. <laughs> okay, now your jokes are just getting cheesy. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> and we had our last good bit of luck that after um, hanging out with you, Yangus, like we, when we had left you, we were headed to uh, St. Louis and we we're going to try to make the arch that day and i had been looking online for every day and i'm like oh man i think it was a wednesday when we met up with you for lunch and every yep. day of the week except for like friday saturday sunday they had you could go in the arch go up to the top anytime you want every day wide open there's no need to get your tickets anytime in advance so i was like oh you know we'll, we'll hang out with uh yangus have lunch and we'll see how far away we are so we get in the car after pulling out from having lunch with you arch is completely booked up for the rest of the day like what the hell how did this happen so pure luck we're getting stuck in traffic as we're pulling into st louis i guess around 5 or five thirty or something like that look online again one last time they have one last time slot for 7 p.m. Oh, wide nice. open. So, yeah, we got to be the last people up in the arch that day. And like I tried talking to the lady and be like, do you guys like is your booking system off or something or whatever? Because um, like you didn't have it, then you had it, whatever. And turns out, I, I don't know, but like only two. There was only us and one other family up there. So just eight of us at the top of the arch. And what a weird way they get up to the arch. Oh, it's a weird but, elevator, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like getting in a Ferris wheel almost. You get in a little. Yeah, it's. It's, it's like, like a tiny little egg-shaped elevator yep. capsule. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and, I've been up there. And you just try not to think about it for a while, for about three minutes until you get to the top. And then the floor is all bent. Like, what the hell? I'm standing on a bent floor, but you're in the arch. Yeah, it's, it's so weird being up there. It's cool, but it's so strange. And it's I think I spent most of the unique. time... Yep. I spent most of my time talking to someone because the arch is a national park now. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I've been to, like, national volcano parks and, like, national monuments. The What is it? The Mount Rushmore is a national monument. I was like, how is this a national park, not a national monument? She's like, the lady's like, you know what? We were a national monument for, like, 100 years. And then five, ten years ago, she goes, some, some senator wanted to put a feather in his cap that they got a national park in uh, Missouri. So guess what? <laughs> The Arch is a national park. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that was pretty, pretty much it. We went, we drove through Nashville a couple days later, made it to my parents' place in uh, 
North Carolina, but uh, we, we did about, we ended up hitting 32 states in 23 days. And uh, I think the biggest takeaway I got from that is just how big everything is. Like, not that we were, we were driving five, 600 miles a day. And just like in Florida, we don't have those big old windmills y'all have in Iowa and out West. Yeah. Like just pulling over at the side of the road next to one of those was like, holy shit. And then driving past wheat fields that were like 10 miles long, like, damn, can't go 10 miles in Florida without being broken up by a swamp or a lake or just some pine groves or whatever. And so, just, just the I, scale of the mountains and everything. Cause we, we, we barely have hills in Florida. Sure. So just just the large scale of everything from the Pacific Ocean to Crater Lake to mountains and everything. It was just really awesome. I've got to ask, since I've never been there, even though I live in the state, how was the Captain Kirk birthplace? <gasps> that was fun. Now, that was probably like it was an hour and a half, two hour stop. And all it was was uh, like one store. But the yeah, Riverside, Iowa is the I, I, can't, I don't, couldn't even tell you what episode or movie they mentioned it in. Like it's the future birthplace of Captain Kirk. He'll be born there in just two hundred years. Stick it's around. In the, it's in the. Re, is it in the original series or was it in the original movies or was it? I think it was. I know they brought it, it back in the Pine movies. Did they bring it? It up had in the to original? be in the original because the store they've had um, like Captain Kirk weekend, and I was there two days before Captain Kirk weekend. Oh um, wow. I know they were like, oh, are you sticking around? I'm like, no, nope, we're driving through. Keep moving. <laughs> um, but they had it like they had shirts hanging up in the uh, gift shop, like going back into the 90s. So it must have been from the original okay. series. Yeah, That's cool. I should. Yeah, they had, like, yeah, I'm close enough. I should drive over there. Yeah, I mean, literally there's one store, um, but the whole town, every track, not traffic light, but every uh, like street light had banners on it, like birthplace of Kirk, and then had pictures of characters all over it. And across the street from the, um, what is it, the post office, there was a monument, like on the side of a building, just kind of like in a weird place in the grass between two buildings, a monument for like, hey, this is where Kirk will be born. And the, even the post office had huge posters of stamps like painted on the side of the wall, Star Trek stamps. And right across from the gift shop area, um, they had a brand new city park opening. And we were it, it was going to open the weekend. My kids were so disappointed because that looked like the most fun city park with some like playground things that I'd never even seen before. And right in the middle of it was on the ground was the Starfleet symbol. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, that's cool. But it was all roped off. It was like and the, the guy at the gift shop's like, yeah, that opens in two days. Should have jumped so, the ropes. I know. <laughs> I was going to stop us. Yeah, I, they definitely town. added a lot of new stuff down there, too, for, like, the Star Trek uh, celebration thing over the years. I, um, I, I've i only been down to Riverside a few times myself, but it, it's pretty cool. Um, how, like, even just seeing how much they've added over the, over the past years from, back, like, when I was in high school to, like, now. Like, you know, gone all in on all the Star Trek stuff. There's a casino right there, isn't there, in Riverside, too? Yeah, yeah, that, there's a big casino in Riverside. That's that's usually what's dropped by Star Trek stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying it, be, it might be a close place to stay if I go over different there. demographics. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, because there's a hotel and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's always funny because, like, I always heard the stories. It's like, two people, and you get two types of people in Riverside. Gamblers and Trekkies. There's a little bit of crossover, <laughs> but it's usually they're here for one or the other. <laughs> That's funny. So when are you going to do the rest of the states? 
So, th- since all we got to do is uh, go up to, like, Maine, and we, we stayed in Wisconsin one night, um, right before we saw you, actually. Um, we spent the night in Wisconsin just to knock Wisconsin out. So, really, up to Maine, around the Great Lakes, just to touch Michigan, and back down. And, I mean, let's see, we did 32. We're not hitting Alaska and Hawaii. So, really, we've only got, what, 18 left to do? Wait, 32, 34, 16. We've only got 16 states to do. So, it won't be, wouldn't be incredibly hard to drive up uh, 95 into Maine and then loop over. I think it would be half half as many miles as we did last summer or we did this summer. So, you know what? If this keeps me from getting a dog for another year, I will swear up and down we're going to do it next summer. <laughs> well, you'll have to come back through Iowa again and see us again then. It won't, wouldn't be hard. I mean, by the time we get to yep. Michigan, it's just a little loop out of the way. Well, you got to so. hit all the beer and cheese in Wisconsin. I mean, you just stopped there for a night. You didn't really I know. I know. It. We, you know what? We eat Chinese in Wisconsin, too. We didn't well, even. Oh, uh, yes. The well, traditional Chinese meal. The tra- yes, we had a traditional Wisconsin Chinese thing. Uh, there is a way that you can go up through Michigan and kick across from northern Michigan across to the UP and then come down through Wisconsin. <laughs> if you really want to make that long of a trip at 10,500 miles was the uh was the limit this year and, and what's funny we didn't even realize um or I would have taken a photo of it as it rolled over but the trip odometer doesn't count past 10,000 miles on the car dang so uh yeah at, at one point my wife was driving I think we were heading into Nashville that day like our last day and my wife tra- looks down she's like did you reset this before you had me drive and i'm like no why she's like because it says like 58 miles and i'm like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> they were at 10,058. so uh <laughs> it, it was a uh, quite a while but yeah like next year it'd be like oh man that that could be much shorter i mean hell even if we take 20 days again and, and go a little slower for stuff because i mean but then again like how much do you do in rhode island how much you do in delaware yeah very true oh, you can see all the uh the businesses that have like a p.o box in delaware and nothing else <laughs> to get their uh tax free yeah <laughs> you, you know you were talking about how you had some gps problems because you thought oh we're here but no that's not another hour and a half that reminded me of the New York City trip that I just did a couple weekends ago with my wife. And we were just there for a couple of days after their wedding. And I had a hotel right next to the 9-11 uh, memorial. And I drove there to park. And then we were going to use public transportation after that. What I didn't realize is that apparently New York City hates my phone and my GPS. And as soon as I got into New York City, it had no idea where I was. My directions oh. was it was useless. <laughs> It was like t- saying I was like five blocks away somewhere else, and it, it I ended up accidentally going into a tunnel out out of New York City into Jersey and had to go back. And then fortunately, my wife's phone worked, so thankfully we were able to navigate to where we were supposed to go. But my phone just went nuts, and I couldn't. It was worthless at that point for Google Maps or Waze, any everything. My GPS just was on the fritz because of everything going on in New York City. It was crazy. Oh wow. When, uh, when was that? Just a couple weekends ago. Oh, okay. Did you go up to the uh, new One Trade Center, whatever? The memorial. D- you did the memorial? Yeah, we just did the memorial. Um, the okay. We didn't realize that on Tuesdays, the uh, I think it was a Tuesday or a Monday, whatever day we were there, because we were there there a couple of days, the actual museum is closed. I didn't realize oh. that. But we walked, we oh. walked around where they have the mm-hmm. big um, pools and waterfalls mm-hmm. where the two buildings used to be. 
So yep. we saw that and all you know all all of that that was connected to it. And then that that building that you're talking about, we didn't go in it, but that was you could see it of course. It was mm-hmm. right down the road. Uh, the the only building that we went into when we went to New York City, we did go to the Empire State Building because that was open late and so we got to see the New York City skyline at night, which is really nice. Oh nice. Yeah, we lucked out. Um I think we did that six years ago. If London was five, then New York Are was you? six. Um or six or seven, my wife went up uh, my aunt lives in the Bronx, and she's got like I don't know between her and her wife, they've got three apartments. <laughs> like oh. they each have their apartment that they lived in, and then they've got a rent control one. Oh that, yeah, like gotta this, save it. What? Yep. So they got the saved rent control, but they they both all bought into another one years ago. So they've got three apartments that they keep running up there. So we had free room and board for the whole. Or, free room for the whole time and we get up there my aunt's like hey here you go here's a metro pass for an entire week we're like damn cool nice so um then it turns out we're, we're walking around one day and just doing little foodie stuff and i get a text from a buddy he's like oh you're in new york city i was like yeah um and there's one of my friends who used to work at disney and then switched over to doing like ticketing for dollywood and all these other like smaller theme parks and events he had been up in New York City for a month getting ready to open that one World Trade Center. And oh. we happened to be there the weekend it opened. We got in the second day for free. He's like, I'll take you up. Come over at 7 p.m. Awesome. So we, we got to go up top there. And that nice. is, is a really neat elevator ride up. It was all virtual as you rode up like the whole wall, like showed how New York City looked in the 1600s. And oh, as you then, slowly make your way up, it you could watch like New York City be built. Yeah, Empire State kind of sort of does that, too. Yeah, that's I, cool. I so, but yeah, it, that one's, uh, whereas Empire State Building is more towards the center of the city, which is actually mm-hmm. pretty cooler. Um, this one's, you know, more in the south there in the business district. So yep. you could look out and see the um, Statue of Liberty pretty easily. And Did you go through that little church next to Ground Zero that was the way, the way, the we way did, they said yeah. that was spared? Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Where the, and, was it, the firefighters were resting there a lot. Yeah. Yep. And then... We actually went up in 30 rocks so we could take a picture of the Empire State Building instead of going up in Empire. Oh, you know what? 30 rocks is a nice area, too. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to see that. It's got the fountains think, and, and all that. That's you know what? that Nintendo we, world that, that Liam always talks about right. is that, too. Yeah. I went there. Well, I went there. I met Liam there. That was that trip was when I met Liam. We, we met at Nintendo World, and uh, there were still a couple people playing Dragon Quest Nine at that point. So <laughs> I met. Uh, I couldn't tell you who I met. Um, but yeah, I met two or three of the people that Liam had done the Tuesday, it was a Tuesday meetups they, they did yep. for a long time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and then we went to like a subway down there in Rockefeller center, not a subway, a, a Starbucks too. So Liam could, uh, transfer stuff to my, uh, uh, DQ nine. He unlocked some of this stuff. Oh, sure. The tagging yeah, and he, all that. Yeah. I got, yeah. The tagging, he did a lot of the tagging stuff. I got the map with the, uh, Platinum jing the locker king one. Tools. Oh, yeah. the metal slimes. No king slimes. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, because so, Times Square is right near there, and yep. uh, if you go into FAO Schwartz, it's a very interesting toy store, and it's got like the uh, the piano, the piano on the floor. From like, big. If you've ever, from big. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that still there? I thought FAO Schwartz shut down. No, I was going to say. Pendy, it's gone, isn't it? No, it was, it was it was there in in right next to Rockefeller Square when I was there. They must okay, have reopened maybe, it if it was gone before. Well, maybe oh, that's no, the yeah, last one because the one in Vegas closed down a long time oh. ago. Well, yeah, no, the one in New we York went, We were there huge. in we were there. Let's see, 2013. So we were there in 2015, and it was getting ready to shut down. Oh, now that was the one right at the edge of 
Central Park. Yeah, oh, it was no, on this different area. Avenue. Okay, okay. So it was right yeah, by then, Rockef- Rockefeller Center. Okay. So yeah, that that one had we went in and they were going to be shut down by the end of the year. But yeah, so they had to, they, they had the piano on the floor. They had the piano on the floor and you could actually go on it and fool around with it if you wanted to and dance on the piano. And then they and off to the side, they had that little uh, fortune telling machine from the movie as well, Zoltar, Zoltar. or whatever. Zoltar, yeah, yeah. They had that too, so that was fun. But it was, it was awesome. two floors, a lot of stuff there. It was it was fun. What's funny is uh during the COVID Halloween two years ago, um, one of the neighbors set up a Zoltair booth so they could just drop candy. So they were sitting in like a Zoltair booth and dropping candy to the kids. So like it was distanced, but you could tell that they'd like built that thing from scratch. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, he's right. The one right in Rock. It's right by the okay. Nintendo store. It's mm-hmm. still there. Oh wow. That, the, yeah, we, that must be we, a totally different one. Yeah, we saw it and it was like, oh, let's go in. I was like, oh, let's go in here. I didn't know this was here. Let's go. And it was great. Maybe like, uh, what is it? I keep seeing that. Uh, what's the toy store coming back? Toys R Us? Yeah, I've seen that Toys R Us maybe open oh, again. Okay. Yeah, it never left like Canada, but like all the brick and mortar stores in the USA went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. lost ours. So, yeah, I think they, they, somebody bought the brand. So. Uh. Kind of like Twinkies. Twinkies went away for a while. I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) But some things can never die. (laughs) Just like a Twinkie lasts for what? 500 years? Yep. Yeah. I need my Twinkies. the brand. Every time I hear of Twinkies, I always just think back to that Zombieland movie. I remember seeing that one in theaters. And just just Woody Harrelson's character is like, I just want my damn Twinkie. Well, that's a good line. They come across like a big hostess truck that's been crashed on the side of the road. They opened it. It's just nothing but those like coconut snowball things that snowballs. they have. Yeah. Snowballs. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, where's my goddamn Twinkie? <laughs> See, I think Ghostbusters, when he describes the kinetic energy, when Egon's talking about the, the a Twinkie the size of a oh, football yeah. field. He's like, oh, that's yeah. A big twinkie. And you get, that, that's a big Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, here we Bernie go. Hudson Andy, has so. like great, so so many great lines in that movie. <laughs> so many good ones. Pendy, we were both right, you know, thanks to uh, FAO Schwartz on Wikipedia. Sure enough, it was 2015. It permanently closed the Fifth Avenue store. But and that's the, the one brand, I remember. Yep, that's the one I that I'd been there as a kid, and yeah, we went in 2015, and yeah, they had signs like store closing within six months sure enough brand got acquired by a different group they opened a new fao schwartz at the 30 rockefeller plaza november 2018 awesome okay got a reason to go back to new york now (laughs) yeah so all right guys we we had thought about maybe uh talking about other trips that we had taken but uh, here we are uh almost two hours in and i think we'll save this for another one we'll have a vacay part two that'll be good part two talk about the uh the DMZ between South and North Korea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we go to Wally World. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So let, let's see. Let me, I got to scroll down and read the ending. I carefully wrote the con- rewrote the conclusion. Yangus, you're first. <laughs> Bueller. Oh, okay. Um, hopefully. Not. <laughs> I thought maybe we lost Bueller. him again. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. You know, here, let me hope this. Up. I don't know why I've been having internet connection issues again. But uh, I mean, let me go right here. Uh, uh, and with that, that's all for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. What? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, and with that, that's all for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. Thanks to Pendy and Wootis for uh, vacationing with Platy and me. 
Of course. Hey, you know what? Speaking of vacations, we don't ever fund these vacations with your hard-earned money. Because you know what? We don't use Patreon asking for your money. You know, if you do have any money, though, you might be able to fund Wootus's vacation. Um, And because it's completely (laughs) burning a hole in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even a searchable wall sack. Well, if you want to do anything with that money to donate it, go on over to the Dragon Quest fan site that Wootus has run, the Dragon's Den, for over 20 years now. Go to wootus.com slash den. Click on support this site. He's owned and maintained that site for decades. Um, Wootus, thank you for personally editing every YouTube version of our podcast. Um, If you're not watching this on YouTube, you're missing out on all the... uh, awesome vacation pictures we'll have there uh it, there'll be a lot of westy ones around the united states for mine <laughs> i'm sure he would fully appreciate any donations that uh <laughs> keep the servers running there or buy a slime time shirt i'll kick that back to you guys yeah Ooh, kickbacks we, we, we have that in the notes keep going i know i know <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i have it twice <laughs> uh, gotta get kickback somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, this is how he makes part of the kickback here. Uh, if you click the link, the Amazon affiliate link, and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. Or as uh, Platty let loose, it's going to help fund uh, one of Woodis's uh, um, highbrow vacations. <laughs> he, he needs to go back to Indiana at some point, you know. <laughs> it'll cost you anything, and it'll help Woodis keep this oh, yeah. going for another 20 years oh yeah Woodis, as we called him the lord Ooh. of the den even has slime time t-shirts for sale we'll have the link in the show notes oh a slime time t-shirt you can buy that's crazy talk uh, all right so as part of the dragon quest slime time extended universe or dq stew Dude. you can direct stew. <laughs> <laughs> oh this thing has gotten crazier the more we go uh, this acronym is going to be as long as the uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, the World Trees of Woe, and the White Below at some point. Um, but if you feel like directing comments, complaints, and the questions wife below, at the huh? podcast, <laughs> spell and that the wife out. Wife below, huh? You all heard and that. the wife below. There's a reason why the word twat is right in the middle of that uh, acronym. I was going to bring it up, but there you go. I'll just go there. <laughs> So for complaints about our is language, really? just go on is Twitter really or Instagram. I never noticed that. You never. It's the, uh, uh, the uh. world's tree, 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 woe and the blight. Yeah, the woe and the. Yep, right there, twat. Um, but, you know, <laughs> complain about the twats that are making this uh, podcast. You can do that, that at Duke U Slime that's Time. Prob- that's probably why the second game didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the second That's game. That's probably like, why the second game did not get a subtitle. That's probably why. Heroes They're 2, like, oh, you dumbasses. The end. <laughs> <laughs> um, you <No>. know, join <laughs> us join us on the forums. Complain about us on the Discord server. Wherever you want to communicate with us, you've probably heard and can find that out. Yes. For more Dragon Quest Lime Time, SideQuest, or Tactfully Die, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, if you have any suggestions for a future SideQuest episode, uh, we'd be happy to hear from you, too. Uh, you can reach out to Platy via his Twitter, Platy 3 or Discord, or The Dragon's Den. You can also contact me, Yankus Legendary Bandit, on The Dragon's Den uh, via or through the Discord. Uh, just search for Yankus Legendary Bandit. 
Uh, we have, and we'd be happy to add some more. Bye, everyone.